0: everybody, welcome to episode number three of Super Kicks and Thigh Slaps. Here on our show, Thigh Slaps are still acceptable uh, and hopefully will always be. I am here with my main man, Steve.
1: Hello, hello. uh,
0: In the fine country of Canada today.
1: All the way up north where we're getting a bit of spring over here.
0: Yeah, enjoying some nice spring. I am enjoying rain and maybe a touch of snow in the wonderful Utah. I'm Garrett. Um, I, I think you probably know this, but if we catch some fringe viewer that's just so bored that he's looking for anything that says super kicks in the title, <laughs> hi. <laughs>
1: Hello to Nick and Matt Jackson. <laughs>
0: that's right. They're just like, look, we need every super kick based technology we need to be up on. So you and I had discussed kind of having a, um, let's call it a kind of reintroduction since it's been a minute since we did the thunder podcasts to kind of talk about wrestling and the state of wrestling now. And more particularly, I guess my falling off of wrestling a little bit.
1: I mean, yes, that's pretty much why this episode three is happening we would like to apologize to our fans who got extremely invested in episode 1 of WCW Thunder. We will take the hit for not uh, continuing after that uh, emotional roller coaster. It was,
0: it was pretty rough, yeah. I you know, I actually I was like, you know, I probably would watch another Thunder, but I've heard that so far the kickoff of the WWE network on Peacock has not been great.
1: Yeah, I'm hearing the same. I mean, obviously, here in Canada, we don't even get Peacock. So our network is supposed to live on in its current form as an overly expensive cable channel with some web interface. But, uh, yeah, for our friend Garrett, uh, you won't have access to the lovely Thunder archives. Yeah.
0: Uh, who knows how long? I guess they th- they said that they thought they were going to have like things like pausing and stuff <laughs> by August.
1: <laughs> wow. The ability to pause? My word.
0: Man, you got to get that tech rolling.
1: I mean, you, if you look at it from their perspective, why would you want to pause the exciting, <laughs> award-winning, <laughs> unprecedented content that they offer?
0: You know... Like this almost goes right into the heart of it, but WWE is to the point where they're like, you know what? We give so little crap about how you can consume our content, the value of the content that even exists. We're just gonna create a bunch of content and dump it like garbage just out in the street and you just go
1: get it. (laughs) We you the WWE universe are the raccoons for content. (laughs) That's right. You just,
0: you motherfuckers, just go get it. We just, we've thrown it, it is, It's is half garbage. There's some morsels in there. Whatever. We're just going to dump it out in the street and you pick through it and be very happy that we did it.
1: But don't basically you, yeah. Don't yeah. you
0: dare complain because you're not a chef. We are. So if you don't think it tastes good,
1: oh, it's your fault. True. Oh, that, that's true. What would we know about? This? Food because <laughs> when we don't prepare it,
0: that's, we... that's right. We can't we can't have opinions on whether it tastes good or not because we didn't cook it.
1: I mean, do you love this business? <laughs> do you? <laughs>
0: ah, this business. You know, <laughs> I don't know when it starts, but I only hear Triple H saying it.
1: God.
0: he must have been <laughs> the guy that started saying it like as a thing,
1: right? This. This is not a sport, this is a business.
0: When you love this business as much as I do,
1: you will do whatever it takes. (laughs) And I mean, whatever it takes (laughs) to succeed in this business.
0: (sighs) We're all a little bi and I don't mean lingual. Thanks,
1: Triple H. (laughs) Thank you, Triple H. (laughs)
0: Oh man, I really wish that we could do something as quality as Brian and Mike Sempervivi because that's really prestige audio.
1: You said it all right there. <laughs> you, you could probably just hit end and this will be a successful episode.
0: We'll just, I'll just cut that and paste it into the latest YouTube clip and everybody will get everything they need.
1: Because Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi are probably the gold standard of <laughs> wrestling chatter on the internet. Oh, God.
0: You know, I, I, I watch a lot of their clips, right? Like, I I really actually enjoy Brian and Vinny quite a bit. Oh,
1: yeah. Um, yeah me too.
0: And I just absolutely cannot stand Brian and Dave.
1: Now, and this is a recent development because we both uh listen to the Wrestling Observer clips that they upload. Yeah. And I've noticed that when I want to share some of my favorite morsels from Dave Meltzer, you you get increasingly aggravated and upset. He's... Why is that?
0: Dave Meltzer. So you know what? This is a good this is a good kind of point to start so I wasn't very familiar with Dave Meltzer in the past except for his name like I knew his name I knew he was a wrestling journalist I knew he was kind of like one of the wrestling journalists but I I didn't go into circles where you could get Dave Meltzer content Uh, most of my wrestling journalist stuff came from uh, Christopher Robert Zimmerman CRZ that's whose recaps I would go out of my way to read like every week when I started following wrestling, Uh, when I was really following it online, which Nitro days, you know, like I watched a little bit of wrestling before Nitro, but not a lot. I mean, I, I watched some WWF because my babysitter liked WWF and it was a little easier for me to get out here in the, in, you know, Utah, than TBS wasn't as much of a thing for me. I think it existed, but it just seemed like a, uh, to, to, be kind of crude about it, but it's very honest. It seemed like like a local, yokel, you know, southern goofy channel. Like, okay, mm. great. um And so, and I thought it was the channel for watching Braves games. That's what TBS was for for me. Was, oh, wow, just, I'm so
1: sorry.
0: It was just content that surrounded the Atlanta Braves, and I didn't give a flying th- about the Atlanta Braves. And so, uh, but my buddy John Corwin, he was a big Braves fan. Um, I don't remember what his connection with Atlanta was but he's a big he was a big Braves fan and so he would keep me abreast of that stuff and so he at least was watching some of it but I did start watching um, I did start watching Nitro and I thought Nitro was just the greatest thing we would watch it we'd get together groups of friends we'd watch Nitro and then I'd go home and I'd watch the replay the replay right afterwards was m- my favorite thing I would ultimately watch wrestling for like once they went to 3 hours for like 6 hours
1: my uh, God!
0: Of, of watching the same show twice because I loved it so much.
1: So you're actually the one who had nitro parties.
0: Yeah, I, You know what? We had legitimate, like nitro party slash get-togethers. Like we had legitimate ones. It was pretty great. Uh, sometimes it was just me and a friend, but sometimes it'd be me and a couple, and we just have some food and. And, you know, and, and, you know, I lived at a military base for a lot of that time. And it's not like we had a lot of stuff to do cause it was a tiny base. And so, yeah, being able to get together, you know, my buddy, my buddy lived in, in the bases, lots of the homes were these like townhomes and some people either made enough money or they had a big enough family that they had both sides. And so my buddy had the other side almost all to himself, which is a whole other house, like a full two bedroom house. He had that oh. side to himself and so we would just have that side to ourselves and we could listen to it at whatever volume we wanted and be loud and enjoy it. And so I'd listen to that and then I generally I'd watch the, I'd read the raw recaps from like CRZ or I'd read the nitro recaps afterwards just to see what funny things he had to say about it. And so he was my wrestling journalism. And so I didn't really know about Dave until the internet was enough that I could start seeing him referencing tweets and, you know, other things. And then I learned about him and the star ratings and all that stuff. Um, and so when all of a sudden I started seeing Dave, I really assumed that Dave was this really put together, connected, charismatic guy. Because I assumed he'd had to be to be able to have all this access and keep it.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, to reach the top of this business, (laughs) you need to have all the tools.
0: So when I started listening to him, I was always just like, okay, you know, at least I get some tidbits. Because, you know, he would say interesting things. He still does. He says interesting things. But the more I listened to him, the more effort it took to get through his absolute incredible ability to not be able to speak... (laughs) it's it's jarring how poor of an ability he has in communicating he just cannot form sentences into words and have them generate into audio out of his mouth
1: from what i hear and i've actually never read his newsletter Every bit of information on the internet about wrestling is from him in some way. Right. But I've never read the actual source material. Yep. I'm the same. From, yeah, But from what I hear, it's his audio is exactly the same as his written word.
0: <laughs> that would drive me absolutely nuts.
1: <laughs> I've oh seen my... people like, transcribe his stuff. It's like, um, where's the... <laughs> point? What <am> I reading? <laughs> that's beautiful.
0: It's absolutely beautiful. Because you know, I'll hear Conrad Thompson because Conrad uses Dave Meltzer when he's doing his podcast as like the reference point to the things that's happening, which is great. Because whether whether Dave is always truthful or whatever his position is, he is a very consistent narrator. Like if you're using him every time you're getting a consistent voice that Mm -hmm. you reference every time, which I think is super smart to have somebody that's chronicled everything and has that. But Conrad does a good job of making it usable and legible and, you know, not saying it in Dave's words.
1: Oh, yeah. He synthesizes it and says good words.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's right.
1: Uh, I mean, if we could take a second to like, for the people who are not familiar with Dave, if you could ask me some sort of question and and I could try to maybe emulate uh, Mr. Meltzer's uh, response style.
0: Okay, I think I have a good one for you. I think I have a good one for you. Okay, so Dave, I uh, heard news today that WWE pulled their tickets for WrestleMania on Sunday, and um, I'm not really sure why. What did you
1: hear? Well. I mean, you got to go with the source, right? You got to go. You see, it's about what Vince wants. And for WrestleMania, it would appear that he did not want tickets to be sold today. Now, now, why could that be? I mean, so, pe- people are telling me that it's COVID, but some other people are telling me that it's not about COVID at all. And frankly, I mean, in the past, I mean, look. Is a great example. WrestleMania 2 was from many different locations. I mean, we all remember this, right? And this WrestleMania will be two nights from one location. So it's kind of similar, but kind of different. <laughs> so, really, when it comes down to it, you could sell tickets now, you could sell tickets later. I'm not sure that it matters that much to ticket sales, because there will be ticket sales eventually, unless there aren't. (laughs) Really, you know that the pandemic is still raging, but more people are getting vaccinated, so that could mean that people will be inclined to go to WrestleMania, but that might also stop some people. So (laughs) It's really difficult to say, but what I would say is that At the end of the day, uh, Vince McMahon has the final say, and his word will go, unless he changes his mind uh, the day of, which he's been known to do. I mean, there's one thing about Vince, it's that he changes his mind. I mean, look at Raw from uh, 2002. I mean, my word, that was... I can't tell you the amount of rewrites that show had. (laughs) And if that applies to WrestleMania, then... I mean, you can see where I'm going with this. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's pretty much uh, pretty much how it is. We'll see what Vince wants.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's that is the antithesis. It's a lot of words to say. I don't know for sure. It could be one thing, but it might not be.
1: And that thing could change, <laughs> or, it, or it might not. <laughs> and.
0: And Dave is not just... Because Dave is the foremost author of this thing, but all of the wrestling sheets, all of the online wrestling rumor things do that same thing. They'll write a whole article that's like, WrestleMania tickets uh, pulled because uh, they they weren't sure exactly what they were doing, but yet I've heard that Vince is sure what he's doing, but it's possible that Vince could change his mind. Um, And that's the entirety of it because nobody has any real access to anything and more importantly whatever access you have it's really true wwe doesn't have anything planned until the minute the segment airs most of the time
1: and that will come through in the product some nights oh god
0: now i haven't like actually sat down and watched when's the last thing i watched So when the heck did Retribution debut?
1: And there's the the keyword that we've been <laughs> dancing around. <laughs> that We knew it would ha- come to this, <sighs> but Retribution is basically the reason for this episode of Super Kicks and Thigh Slaps. Oh, Retribution. But I will look up when Retribution started, because okay. in my diligent note-taking, I actually have Mace's... Uh, WWE.com profile up. Wow. Oh, yes. I I was prepared. You were deep. And the highly um, specific profile page says, Beginning in the summer of 2020, the lights begin to flicker across the WWE, an unsettling sign that the masked group known as Retribution was about to unleash its unique form of anarchy, destroying the ring with chainsaws, smashing windows with cinder blocks, setting fire to generators, attacking announcers, and taking out basically anyone who dared get in their way. And that was one sentence, okay? That whole (laughs) thing was one sentence.
0: (laughs) Oh God. Okay, so Steve, this is what I want you to do. I would like you to please tell the people what retribution is.
1: That is quite the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> see, now, 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 now I understand how difficult this is for Dave Meltzer. Well, <laughs> sorry, Dave.
0: <laughs>
1: because now I'm tasked with trying to come up with a coherent explanation for something WWE did.
0: Well, you know what? Let's do it this way. Why don't you tell everybody what retribution is supposed to be?
1: That almost doesn't make it better. <laughs> but let let me start with, all right, the origin of retribution. Okay. Sort of. When the pandemic hit, WWE could no longer do live shows in front of crowds. So they moved the entire operations to their performance center. So it's building that they own, that they outfitted with uh, cameras. It's usually where the uh, new wrestlers train and also some existing wrestlers who they want to uh, send down there to get some polish.
0: Right. Shout
1: out to Keith Lee.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Keith Lee.
1: It's an environment that they can control. So it's something that's better suited than trying to cram thousands of people into one building. Right. So one night they show as part of RAW, they show some security footage from outside the performance center where these bunch of masked people are just destroying equipment. Now this being Twenty Twenty. There were outside there were events happening in the outside world uh, involving uh, protests, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. many people masked, uh, fighting for social justice and Black Lives. And then WWE has a bunch of masked youths mm-hmm. destroying things for. No reason. Mm -hmm. So you had them destroy stuff outside. Then they went inside the arena and started attacking people, destroying the ring. The chainsaw from Mace's profile, that's where that came in. It actually... (laughs) So the way the setup was inside the performance center for shows, they had the ring, they had surrounded uh, by the their guardrail. And on top of that guardrail was some plexiglass to separate the, quote, fans from the wrestlers. And these fans were the Balmanto wrestlers who were basically forced to be there and forced to stand and cheer on command and boo on command. Mm-hmm. And they did not have chairs, And Raw is a three-hour show, so they had to just stand there and (laughs) fake enthusiasm for three entire hours. Oh, God. Which is a fate that I would not wish on my worst enemy.
0: Talk about performance center. (laughs) That's
1: true. (laughs) So, when the still, at this point, unnamed group of masked Vigilantes enter the performance center. They attack the crowd. There's like 30 wrestlers. But then Retribution brings in 30 other people. They're all in masks. They're basically a bunch of henchmen. And there are like four or five of them who are in better masks. And, air quotes, and, yes. <laughs> see, I'm actually doing air quotes, but this is an <laughs> audio show, so no one can see. <laughs> and by better, <laughs> their masks where you can tell exactly who these people are. So, like, someone just like put a mask around their mouths, but not even not a surgical mask, not a COVID mask, but like a mask with openings. Mm. To try to look scary and spooky, right. and then so yeah, so there's about I'd say six of them who have these like super amazing masks, and the and a bunch of other goons who are nameless and faceless. They attack everyone. They even attack the announcers, and then they attack the ring, and I mean they attack the ring. <laughs> They take a chainsaw and slice the ring ropes. And they celebrate this as if this was an accomplishment of some sort. Right. They spray paint anti-WWE slogans on the guardrails because they're masked youths rebelling for no reason wink wink (laughs) no parallel to the outside world protests.
0: so
1: there's a few weeks of this happening sometimes the the lights will go out before they attack because they're you know vigilante anarchists who want to break stuff including lights and their damage is usually contained to one segment of the show. Right. So they come in, they attack, and then they leave, and the show continues, and the announcers may or may not say, oh, I hope Retribution don't attack us tonight. Yeah. This group that calls themselves Retribution, what do they want? Yeah. And please keep that in mind for later. It's what important do to know. What they actually want?
0: It's important to note here as well, all of their things attacking the WWE all showed up on WWE programming, um, including yes. the times when they like attacked the WWE headquarters and like threw cinder blocks through the window, and they time they just attacked off the outside of the arena property. That all still made it on WWE television. So I just wanted to note that.
1: It's an important note because if you were running your own television show i'm not sure that you'd want to show it being destroyed by outsiders but that that's just me i'm not sure yeah
0: yeah i mean How i also agree matter? if this was a force that was trying to actually devalue and ruin the the quality of my property i would go out of my way to not give them window but uh you know th- th- that's vince it's what vince I, wants is vince that,
1: yeah <laughs> i mean we, we all know that vince <laughs> he, he wants specific things out of life <laughs> and this must be one of them now we must take a little side detour to a little show called WWE SmackDown. Ah, yes. WWE SmackDown. Now, on that show, months prior, there was a series of glitches and disturbances that would appear every now and then on the show. And sometimes announcers would acknowledge it, sometimes not. It was as if someone was trying to hijack the show as in a pirate Broadcast of some sort, mm-hmm. and you would see a shadowy figure uh, surrounded by a wall of monitors making ominous threats to expose various superstars and how the machine truly operated. This played into the Otis, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville love square. Ah, uh, yes. Where the hacker exposed the evil, lying, duplicitous ways of Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler, and ultimately led to Otis and Mandy true love.
0: Is that still happening? No. Okay.
1: But it was important at the time. Got it. All right. So put this in a bowl. Let's go back to Monday okay. Night Raw. If we must.
0: <laughs> the pillar of programming, we have to.
1: Am I already losing steam here? Sorry. <laughs> now, these these ruffians, these miscreants, these lawless criminals are making life a living hell <laughs> for the WWE. And the WWE Twitter account, for some reason, is amplifying this. They're tweeting out clips of Retribution's unholy calamity and destruction. I don't know why you would do this. I mean, in a... Let's pretend this company acts like a real company would. Why would you tweet this? (laughs) Why would you show, hey, look at our show being ruined? (laughs) But regardless. And unfortunately, I think my timeline is about to get messed up because of lack of interest. And I haven't loaded up Wikipedia.
0: Sure, that's fine. It doesn't have, you know. It Yeah. I am already you're already way past whatever I could provide so
1: <laughs> so at some point retribution states their goals they do vignettes kind of like the shields old vignettes from an unspecified location backstage everyone's around the the camera You're looking, you're trying to look as cool as possible. Mm. It's, and again, these are masked people, but they, you know who they are. Mm. (laughs) This is who they are under the Mm mask. Donovan Dijakovic, Mm. Mia Yim, Shane Thorne, Dio Madden, former Mm. Raw announcer, Mercedes Martinez, I believe that's it. Right. Until the and the and now I don't even remember if they alluded to having a leader because I think the point originally was that they were an anarchist group right. just doing things just to do them. But eventually there will be a leader unveiled. And during this time they state their mission they've been overlooked in the developmental system they're no longer content to wait in the back of the line the company is corrupt and is holding talent down but now no more we're here to get retribution mm. for us and for all our brothers so so you Do you get it
0: yeah i think i think that i don't i don't even think we need to go forward from here this is a good spot um there's there's one other thing of note i think that's of importance to talk about
1: but there's a yeah there's a lot more but if you want to pause it for there i will i
0: think this is i think this is a good pause point um only to talk about that when this all happened the first thing that that really bothered me about it was it's very obvious taking the things in the real world which is okay you know you're making you're making programming you want to take things in the real world but they they took all of the meaning and importance out of it like right at the beginning right so right. they said okay we're gonna have this this group that's angry and they they you know they're going to show their anger the way that people in the world are showing their anger but then when we get to the point of trying to figure out what they're gonna show their anger about we don't have a clue and it was obvious at the beginning that they did not have a clue or plan with what this group was really about Um, because if you if you decide at the you know when you get to the point where you're deciding hey this group is upset because of the lack of opportunities, the way they've been treated, but they're still contracted wrestlers. You can only do so much before you're biting the hand that
1: feeds you. That's true, but at this point, I believe they're still just random people who somehow gain access to your building each and every week. Sure,
0: sure. And and if we, if we decide that these are too, well, because obviously they can't be two separate things, right? Because ultimately those random groups are supposed to be directed by these folks. But if we just say, okay, we've got these random groups because at the beginning that's what it was. And maybe they didn't have any idea where they were taking it. Okay. Um, so we've got these random groups and these random groups are just being the voice of the voiceless, like the, you know, America, even if I'm very charitable with what the WWE is doing here. Um, obviously, it's crazy to go through all that and at least not pretend as a company that you don't want to have anything to do with that. Right? right? Like they didn't pretend at all. Like they just showed them on the show and they showed them in replays and they put them on their Twitter and <laughs> they, they, talked about them whenever they could talk about them, but they did the best thing, the best, worst thing, which is they didn't talk about them enough. And show them enough to give them any weight or make it so that it was going anywhere outside of the times that they destroyed everything they weren't really mentioned you know like it was mm. just like oh hey we're gonna have this two-hour show and for a 12-minute period everything's gonna be destroyed and it's fine then we'll just have the rest of the show <laughs> <sighs> so this is happening and i'm already just like this is bad this is not like normal bad. This is like bad, but it hadn't even still reached its true bad yet. Uh, but it already had just got me like, why are you gonna, why are you going to half-ass a angry mob repeatedly and have them do things like damage your corporate building, but never be in trouble and still get on TV? So. Uh, do you have any do you have any other retribution things to mention pre-draft
1: oh that's a very good question because now you've thrown in the timeline (laughs) (laughs) and I've already established that I have no idea when things are happening at the very beginning
0: I don't think it matters really so I just I want to talk about the draft okay because the draft is the real. So, actually, before I talk about the draft, I want to talk about the passing of John Huber, yeah. um, because that's the other thing that really, for whatever reason, turned me off on United States wrestling. And not this one doesn't turn me off because John Huber was a a wrestler who very who was. And as an okay wrestler in WWE and WWE often underutilizes folks. Um and sometimes it's because they don't they don't have much to give and sometimes it's that they don't have much to do with him. Um he was uh what was his name in WWE? Brody Lee. Brody, Brody Lee. He was Brody Lee, WWE. He was part of the white family for a while. Just what am
1: I saying? Sorry. That's AEW. he was Luke Harper. Oh yeah. Luke. That's right. Sorry. Yes. Luke Harper.
0: (laughs) Yes. Good work. Uh, he was Luke Harper. He was part of the white family for a while. Uh, he then was a Bludgeon brother, just a big, imposing tough guy who just played big, imposing tough guy characters in WWE. And he was perfectly fine. Like. He, he, he didn't ever really ruin any match that he was in. I don't know how many times you were super excited, except for like White Family versus The Shield matches, um, stuff like that, where they got to really be physical and use their physicality. Other than that, he was a tag team wrestler. They tried, he tried to do a little bit of single stuff. It never really worked. And he obviously wasn't happy there. So he goes to AEW as Mr. Brody Lee, Who ends up being the leader of the Dark Order. And mostly through the uh, BTE YouTube clips is really where you get to see his personality and his sense of humor. And on TV, he still still was a big badass. He has this great, great TNT championship match with uh, Cody. Um, You can just see he's very talented. He's got a good sense of humor. And... You know that's kind of all you know about him uh, so it turns out nobody knows very few people know but he's he is dying and he passes away surprisingly to the community and you find out after he passes away how much everybody really liked the guy he was a great friend to a lot of people in the business no matter who they were you know he had the New Day always talks about how much they like him even even after he had left and they had this amazing tribute show for him which i couldn't i just couldn't watch and that really when i couldn't watch that when i was just like oh this this is too sore a too sore spot for me to let wrestling ruin it air quotes i say ruin it not really it was an amazing show in all accounts but when i hit that point i was just like it just, it just felt from that moment between just how turned off i was with retribution and that moment and i think it happened i think that the draft happened right before he died i think um and so the, the kind of the the last draw was wwe has a wwe pretends to have their brands separated hmm. they pretend to have only the Raw superstars on Raw and only the SmackDown superstars on SmackDown, except in times when they don't, you know, just for whatever reason. And that's not even important right now. But they actually drafted... Do they draft Retribution as a group or members of Retribution? I can't remember.
1: So I'm looking up the 2020 WWE draft and... Alright. So... The draft occurred October ninth. Supplemental picks on October 10th on the award-winning WWE Network show, Talking Smack. Right. <laughs> and on October 12th on Raw. It's on that night that Retribution was drafted by Monday Night Raw to remain on Monday Night Raw. So this <laughs> group <that> in.
0: <laughs> this group that's purpose was to destroy this company and not only did they draft him they had to spend time on their actual show discussing the way like their contracts worked in yes. storyline
1: ah uh, the contracts so now <laughs> Do you want to take this, or
0: should I? So, I don't remember a lot about it, so you'll have to at least fill in what I don't remember. But I just remember them saying, like, they they decided to hire the, the main group, and that's when they kind of got rid of the riffraff, and they were just like, here we have just the five members, whoever. Slapjack, and T-Bar, and Mace and Wendy, Reckoning. and I don't remember who the last ones were.
1: Reckoning.
0: Reckoning.
1: And retaliation.
0: <laughs> and retaliation. That's right. Uh, okay. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to help me out with the contract cause I don't remember how they made that sound weird.
1: All right. So, and note by, by this point in the draft, they have already revealed their leader. Oh, that's right. So, if if this matters to you at all, we can name the leader, or we can just ignore it, because who cares?
0: <sighs> well, might as well name him.
1: All right, and and th- this is the payoff, folks. It's <laughs> Mustafa Ali, uh, and why is that the payoff? That's because he was the one who was hacking on SmackDown. Yep. So, and and he explains this in Raw Talk, uh, which no one watches on the (laughs) WWE Network. He explained that his hacking abilities are what allowed Retribution to gain access to the building all those times. Mm -hmm. So that, and pretty much, I explained it as he explained it. So one sentence, it's good, it's wrapped up now, we've addressed it, move on let's never bring this up again yeah it's also
0: oh, just... an interesting note maybe just to me but mustafa ali is an ex chicago police officer
1: yes that very specifically
0: yes. talks about i'm not going to go too deep into it but but has some has some words to say about policing in the country and the lives of some of the people of color as it regards to that. Now I don't know if WWE. Decided to put him as a part of that. Because of that at all. Just It's just worth noting.
1: That is an excellent point. And knowing Vince. You know. Uh-huh. Vince. Yeah. yeah. Alright so. Back to the contracts. Mm-hmm. Now you. Suppose you run Monday Night Raw. And you have a bunch of. Thugs who, who are destroying your your hard-earned property for no reason. So, what's important is the property, of course.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, what do you do? Do you get extra security to keep them out? Mm-hmm. Do you call the police mm-hmm. to do something about this? Do you send in your finest negotiators mm-hmm. to try to resolve this situation? Mm-hmm. The answer, my friends, is no. (laughs) It's a blanket no. What you do is you offer them professional wrestling contracts. And these are not just ordinary contracts. These are contracts that specifically have a clause saying that retribution can do whatever they want within the confines of the WWE and not get any punishment for it. So you've now legalized your hoodlums. Right. Your hoodlums who want to destroy your company Mm -hmm. are now on your payroll. Mm -hmm. And they are free to destroy your property without any retribution coming their way. Oh, (laughs) man
0: now now look i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna do the 3d chess view of this where you go you know what what better way to make it so that retribution doesn't want to destroy everything and uh ruin everything if you put them on contract and you you tell them hey we we're gonna let you destroy all of our stuff and theoretically it works (laughs)
1: very much worked. <laughs> it, it, it was the perfect plan. <laughs> it's, it's letting your kids have all the ice cream they want till they get sick.
0: <gasps> oh my god. Oh.
1: <laughs> now, unfortunately, what this does to your group is that it makes them complete hypocrites, <sighs> which they're meant to be the villains. So, it's fine that they're hypocrites, but then what is their reason to even exist? Mm -hmm.
0: It's
1: like their whole ex- there's no point to them. Yeah,
0: it neuters them completely. Oh. Not that they had much teeth already.
1: Right, because by this point they had ditched the chainsaws and they were just showing up for their mandated segment.
0: Yeah.
1: And then leaving. Yeah.
0: And then either right before that or just after that, they were just having regular matches where they'd follow the rules.
1: <laughs> not only that, but there was one match where they, they were disqualified because not because of any heinous chicanery, <laughs> but because they went and hit someone who wasn't legal. <laughs> Which triggered a disqualification. <laughs> and then they just they, they took it. <laughs> just saying, like, Oh oh, okay. oh we, we have violated the rules of this professional wrestling match. We will <sighs> now bow our heads in shame.
0: Oh, God. And and the thing about it is it highlights everything that bothers me. Like it's it highlights why even have matches with winning and losing period. Especially when this group that wanted to destroy everything then decides to have matches and then they follow the rules and they lose and they're okay with it. Why, why are they even showing up? But they have to show up. They're under contract, I guess.
1: Yeah. <sighs>
0: oh, like, I I get it. Look, I am I'm, I'm of a man that understands it's a worked whatever and it does wins and losses don't have to matter right like if you storyline it correctly you can just say this person's wrestling for a championship or don't even have championships whatever you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's all it's all worked so fine but if you're gonna have people having matches where the matches aren't the stake and then and whatever happens outside of the match isn't a stake and the matches aren't particularly good or entertaining, then you're literally just wasting time. You're literally just putting film on and not, you might as well just have an empty ring.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's so frustrating to watch because, you know, as some people said, the level of talent that, WWE has, throughout, from NXT all the way up, some of the greatest wrestlers of all time.
1: Undoubtedly.
0: Some, I mean, the very finest wrestlers and entertainers of all time, including you know, people that can talk on the microphone, people that can do entertaining matches, people that can make you invest in what they do. Some of the greatest performers that have ever done it.
1: Are Some there. of the greatest backstage minds to ever... Yeah. Oh, yeah. ...do it from there. Yeah.
0: And they cycle Isn't... through them.
1: Oh, yes.
0: And yet they can't... They can't seem to come up with... Or, not if they can't seem to. At this point, it has to not be they can't seem to. They don't want to come up with something that is coherent because they don't, A, care enough and B, don't really think that it matters. It does, just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to their fans. People are going to, I guess, watch it anyway. And because of their financial position and the contracts and stuff they put together, they don't have to have a, a product that, that a lot of people want to watch. They have enough people watching it. If they have just their legacy amount of watchers, they'll be fine
1: they keep getting billion dollar TV deals. So they're fine. Their their success does not depend on what the fans think at all anymore. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it really doesn't. They just keep, they literally are just a content creation company. They just have to fill all of the places with content and it doesn't have to be good. And it doesn't have to be coherent and it doesn't have to have continuity and it doesn't have to matter. And Look, I watch a lot of Nitro's where half of it was amazing and had great connected storyline and great characters, and half of it was just egos trying to get themselves over, right? But the egos even trying to get themselves over were entertaining enough to keep it going until they, it just got too bad. It just went too far. Um, so I know wrestling is... because it's personality based and people have to get themselves over to make money. Not everything's going to hit, you know, but it just, it got to the point where I, I really, I just find myself looking at it and going, what about this is worth me? What about this is worth me spending any more time than just w- looking at a clip? Cause a clip is as, as permanent as they want it to be anyway.
1: And that will be pretty much – my role will be to, to dig through the hours and hours of content <laughs> to try to find something for Garrett to actually enjoy and spark a bit of love back for this business. This business.
0: But this is good. I like this. I like I like the, the thought that we're going to – the next episode of this, we're going to just – Get some, talk about some programming and you're just going to talk about whatever redeeming redeemable thing there I'll watch some clips beforehand just to you know make sure that I I understand what it is that we're going to talk about and we'll just go through you know however whatever chunk of programming we we want to and spend you know I don't I don't think that we'll keep this podcast super long um, there, we'll just talk about the redeeming, um, interesting things that might be might make it worthwhile to watch.
1: And on the note of interesting, uh, redeemable things, there's there is one aspect that of retribution that I've not mentioned yet, mm. and that is, of course, the icing on the eclair, which is their wwe shop page (laughs) that's right (laughs) they have
0: official shop page
1: that's right do you want to dress like the violent rebels (laughs) who are destroying our programming do you want to support the machine while also destroying it somehow (sighs) Go coded the slash retribution. Oh my god, where you can get their flag charcoal t-shirt, their flag black t-shirt, their flag women's t-shirt, their flag pullover hoodie sweatshirt, their flag logo black pullover hoodie sweatshirt, their flag zip-up hoodie, their flag sweatpants, their flagged cuffed beanie, or as we call it, a toque, and This one is specifically for you. The Retribution Flag Snapback Hat. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, yes. Add it to your collection. Yeah.
0: You know what? This is what I'll say. If we get enough people to listen to this, that they actually comment somewhere, that they either need Retribution Gear or need to see me in Retribution Gear, I'll get some. Oh. I will legitimately get some. If we get enough people to listen to this... That like, like if we get, if we get to the point where I, or we post this thing and I look and, and these episodes, we, we, we hit our, we hit the 10 listener count. At 10 listener count, I will get some retribution
1: gear. The gauntlet's been laid down. There we go. We need, we need 10 listeners.
0: 10 listener count. I will get some retribution gear and post a picture of me in it.
1: I already feel the love of wrestling bubbling inside you. This is great. This is great. This is way beyond what I expected. Excellent.
0: And then maybe we'll take some time on one of these episodes to talk about Japan, a place that even though I I just don't sit down and watch wrestling enough anytime, a place where I really do enjoy what's happening most of the time, not including the Impact Tag Champions. Um
1: Whoa, huge <laughs> clam
0: out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, no, I actually kind of like the, the work that David Finley's doing is pretty fun. And uh, I, I really just, I don't dislike juice more inherently than something about what juice is. I don't enjoy, but that's not anything that has to do with him. Like he, Juice Robinson is, he's, he's, he gets the crowd involved, he's an energy guy, he's got weird charisma. It's nothing about what Juice is except for the fact that I can't stand Juice. But that's a
1: me problem. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't like you, but I mean, it's something about you, it's just
0: <laughs> you? That's yes, right. It's something about you that you can't change that I'll never <laughs> like. That's just what it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah some time to talk yeah. about japan if really if it's just oh, yeah. a few minutes for me to talk about whatever jay white promo i saw that amused me and we know we'll have to have our yoshihashi update um, of course, and maybe talk about the the week as it re- pertains to the mongolian shop. we just get those things huh. out of the way
1: and uh we'll be good okay well now, since since we're small potatoes, I think you, you can get away with saying right now, those yes. words <laughs> and not face some retribution. <laughs> but look, you'll have to watch yourself. In well, the look,
0: I still have to edit this, so if I feel if I feel concerned, I'll bleep it.
1: Okay, that's that's fine. Right.
0: <laughs> Maybe I mean, on future episodes, <laughs> I'll just I'll just bleep it. It <laughs> would be really rather funny. <sighs>
1: Oh, man. We, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this this introduction this yeah. sampler this deep dive into where we are today
0: that's right that's right a little sampler into to why i need steve to reintroduce the joys of wrestling in me and mostly why it's retribution's fault <laughs> and yeah we hope you come back we hope you listen uh You can get this wherever podcasts are located, but uh, at opinionsandotherfacts.com. If you want to leave comments on them, uh, on it, leave comments. Tell me about the retribution goods I should consider getting when we get some listeners. And um, Now, here's a thing that you are not prepared for, but Mm -hmm. it's still happening. We still got to put wrestlers in our Hall of Fame.
1: Oh, wow. Still got to happen. Oh, I thought we re- we rebooted the show, so we're still doing this.
0: We're still doing it,
1: even though right. we
0: rebooted the show. We still we still gotta get, we still have to have something going on because the WWE Hall of Fame is just about out of steam. This is true, and so it is our opportunity to put some real, real heart and reality back into. Hall of Fame so I'm putting you on the spot but I'll go first because I put you on the spot because I knew this was coming even though you did not
1: um, damn swerve yes
0: so I'm gonna put in to, to the wrestling Hall of Fame just in general masked luchadores wrestling in the United States just the just that existing is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And specifics will come because I'm going to talk about more mass wrestlers. But I just think in general, the reason that I like wrestling as much as I do at all is the little bit of when I first got to see mass wrestlers that I didn't know anything about, just go out there and, you know, you'll, the purists will just be angry about just doing spots. I love that shit. I loved seeing them go out there and throw their body all over the place and do cool submissions and roll-ups, and anybody can win at any time. So that's what's going in my Hall of Fame. is just the idea of luchadors wrestling in America.
1: Hey, what? And this sounds inspired by the Monday Nitro back in the day, the first hour.
0: Indeed, indeed. That was my. F- that was that was the thing that got me in it. That was the thing that got me there. Was I knew I was going to see uh, Super Kilo Botcha Spot, or I was going to see. There we go.
1: <laughs> I was wondering when the Super Kolo <laughs> reference was coming.
0: Got it. This guy. Eventually, I'm going to try to get Super to, to sponsor this podcast. Um, <laughs> but whenever it was going to be Super Kilo, or whenever it's going to see like Psychosis appear or, you know, see Ciclope on a random match, or whatever, just random luchadors having these weird, interesting matches until, you know, until it was whoever I can see face Ultimo Dragon, or, you know, like, whoever can, you know, face Dean Malenko, those type of guys, but I always just loved random luchador time. The Vianos, absolutely.
1: Mm. Many, many uh, WCW Saturday night went on, as I wondered... Who the heck are these guys?
0: (laughs) It's perfect. It's just the best. Like, it's like if 205 Live had somebody that cared about them. That's what it would be.
1: Oh. I had to sit through an episode of 205 Live at a... (laughs) I don't don't know if it's a Raw or SmackDown taping, but it's because they promised us Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura as the dark main event. Oh. So, there was a half-full arena of people barely watching these cruiserweights dive on each other. And as someone who used to go, oh, these WCW crowds, they don't care about all this high-flying action. Well, I became the very thing that I hated that night. (laughs) I could not care less for these people. Go away and show me the main eventers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, look, I mean, I get it. I mean, I get it, right? Especially when... Well, I'll say this. In in the Nitro days, at least, and it was maybe just because the crowds are so flippin' hot, but they made, they made you cared a li- at least a little bit. Like, you got to see these guys enough that it mattered when they won. Like, a, a quick roll-up meant... They might have a Cruiserweight title shot, you know, at some point, or they might get in the U.S. title picture randomly or whatever... And so you you kind of got a chance to care about a lot of these guys and then they had enough guys that they also had jobbers that were okay, you know, they're perfectly cromulent. So
1: I've had a bit of time to think. Okay. And my Hall of Fame entry is the concept of a contract that lets you do whatever you want. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like when, when Big Show? Didn't Big Show have one of those?
1: I think Test had one of those.
0: Oh, Test, yeah. He
1: was immune to being fired. <laughs> and this is either... And over the years, because my one of my friends and I, we used to make fun of this so much. So I'm not sure if Test actually ever did this or if we just imagined him doing this uh-huh. for the sake of a joke. But we will just go around saying... I'm immune. I'm <laughs> immune. <laughs> Whenever something went wrong. <laughs> so it is my head <sighs> cannon that this actually happened on television.
0: Oh, now now you know what well, I was going to say, now you know what, I need to find out if that happens, if that happened, but I'm like I don't necessarily have access to any place so I can go back and look through test time to find out. The internet probably will tell us though.
1: Let's hope. Internet okay. please tell
0: us. Yeah, Internet. Uh, all right. I like I like that indirectly test found its way his way into the Hall of Fame.
1: That's right. That's
0: Rest correct. in peace test. Rest R I P test. Uh, test was test I always laughed about because I just remember around test time that everyone used a super kick and everyone used a big boot. Like if you were so tall you did a big boot and if you were a little shorter you did a super kick. And I always thought of Test whenever I thought of that. So he he kind of almost inspired the sh- the, head, the title of this show.
1: Thank you, Test. Thank you, thank you, Test.
0: <laughs> All right, folks. So thank you for listening. And again, we hope you enjoy. We're gonna do another one of these maybe in a few weeks. And uh, we'll just uh, keep it flowing. We're just gonna kind of keep it loose and just talk about wrestling every week. And uh, and I I enjoy talking about wrestling, even if I'm not watching it. So I always enjoy to talk about it. And maybe I will watch a little bit more. But I whew, I don't know about the WWE
1: product. I, I mean, know. it is WrestleMania season. Don't forget. Oh, God, we are on the road to WrestleMania.
0: I, 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 I'm really not planning on watching it. And this will really be the first WrestleMania I've missed in five or six years.
1: Now, okay. I hear what you're saying. But... Does that mean you're gonna miss night one or night two of
0: WrestleMania? <laughs> As right now, uh, it really depends on if the tickets go off on sale and then back on sale again. Um, <laughs> it's very important. Uh, no, you know what? It would be nice. I mean, it's a little early, right? Like I don't expect them to know the card now because you really aren't supposed to know the card now. Uh, but I don't think that there's gonna be a match. And the fact that Hulk Hogan's gonna be on it is almost an absolute no go. Like,
1: almost an absolute... Yeah, that's that's a bummer. But he does have his best friend, Titus O'Neil. Oh.
0: Somebody online is like, do you think Titus was for this, or are they still punishing Titus a little bit?
1: Mm. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. I Damn. mean, you know, it's... This is really, I believe, what Vince would want. So.
0: <laughs> it's, look, at the end of the day, it's Vince.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And that's, I think that's a good way to end the show. Ultimately, the closing line of, of the podcast is, look, at the end of the day, it's Vince.
1: It's Vince.
0: <laughs> oh, All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone.